Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. As always, we're going to get into the needy-greedy and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Hey, buddy. How are you doing, Kevin? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Doing a little morning recording. That's right. It's um, it's earlier than normal, which is not keeping Kevin from drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sipping on Applejack. It's the the closest thing to a fruit juice I have in the I, house. Yeah, I condone it. <laughs> I, I approve and appreciate it. You know, starting out slow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is uh, a couple of elephants in the room. We need to address them. Yeah, absolutely. So we we missed a week. That's because we were caught up in the Braves World Series magic. Oh my God! Yeah, if uh, if you've been living under a rock, you don't know that the Atlanta Braves are once again the world champions of Major League Baseball. And for our for our loyal listeners outside of the United States. Uh, we still consider them the world champions, yeah, even, even though they only a, play American teams. You know, <laughs> I feel like baseball is one where you can get away with that. Yeah, because the best players from the globe come to play in this league. That's a good call. I never, Here, I never thought about it that way. But yeah. it is weird. Yeah, when it's like I, I was explaining it to a rando friend that I met on Facebook. This guy that like listens to the old church where I used to sing like the music videos and stuff that the church would post. He like contacted me. I was like, love your singing. And then like saw that I was celebrating the race. He's like, what's baseball? I was like, what? Dude, <laughs> where you is live, this guy? He, he lives in the UK, but he's wow. like, world champions. How does that work? And I had to explain. It's like, well, you know, it doesn't really count. Cause they're it's all kind of yeah. sort of. Yeah. Um, but yes, the Braves improbable playoff run. We're still basking in the glory of a, of a much deserved World Series yeah. win, though, and uh, yeah, we went. Uh, we were down downtown in Atlanta for the parade yesterday for what was the fastest parade you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Those trucks were going fifty miles an hour. The city of Atlanta is not used to championship parades. <laughs> They're <laughs> rushing it. They don't know. Like, oh, we'll do better next time. They blew maybe. their load. <laughs> oh God. Um, also, on a, on a bit of a sadder note, yeah. we have to. Uh, Acknowledge the passing of a dear friend of the podcast, Rick, who you may have heard on our series on uh, the movie Roadhouse. Yeah. He was a loyal listener and a good friend and and gone too soon. We'd like to dedicate this series to him. Absolutely. We'll do our best to make it a good one yeah. in his honor. And we will raise our coffee and our Applejack to Rick. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Rick. And with that business out of the way... We'd also like to say hello to our um, our listeners on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. What's up, everybody? And an extra special hello to our old school listeners listening on our on our uh, own Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger feed. Um, you know, wherever you're listening to us, go check out the other avenue as well, especially the podcast network, though, because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, they just added a Van Dam podcast. I saw those dudes are going to do blood sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we may we're going to try to get our own blood sport uh, loaded up on the podcast network after theirs has had a chance to, to settle in. Um, and let theirs and, marinate. Let it age yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We'll be like bonus content. Like a nice aged brie. Um, but we will not let that stop us from occasionally touching on a Van Damme movie, perhaps. Hell yeah. Um, there's too many good ones to, uh, to ignore. We're not here to talk about Van Damme. We're here to talk about one Wesley Snipes. Yeah. We haven't touched on it. I guess he's like a, he's a peripheral figure in like the act in this action w world. Yeah. I went, you know, went back and looked at what Wesley was up to and there's not a lot of action stuff prior that he was to in. this. Yeah. He'd yeah. been, he'd been, oh, well, we should mention. 
We're going to talk about Passenger 57. What? No, don't tell anyone. <laughs> what a I, guess. I love the movie. Grew up watching it, of course. Another Die Hard knockoff. Yeah, this movie is, is Die Hard. Kevin was asking me what I thought about this movie. And I was like, it's good because it's Die Hard. This is like a blind taste test for you? Yep. Okay. If I have seen this movie, I have no recollection of it whatsoever. I yeah, blocked I, it out. And it's good enough where I think that I wouldn't have blocked it out. Yeah, so. maybe it wasn't on. I mean, I don't think it was on heavy like TBS or TNT rotation. Right. Agreed. So that's that's where we were soaking them all in. Right. And it's good. Yeah. It's I'm solid. enjoying it. I mean, it's it is exactly what you want an action movie to yep. be. If I, nothing if, more, nothing less. If I was surfing through the channels, which I don't do anymore because streaming, and I found yeah. this movie on, I would watch it. Yeah, it's it's solid enough. You're not going to walk away being like, God, that was a disappointment. No, no, it's just it's, like, it is a tightly, tightly packaged, brisk yeah. little film. <laughs> but yeah, so back to Snipes. Yeah. Before oh, this, yeah, it? I feel like he was doing a lot of like supporting roles and ensemble pieces and like some small budget, like Spike Lee type he movies. Done, yeah, he'd done notably um, White Men Can't Jump. He's yeah. got a great some comedic comedies, Major, Major League, League, amazing. New Jack City and Mo Better Blues. Mo Better Blues is awesome. He did Jungle Fever mm -hmm. as well. Like, yeah, so he was he was rolling with Spike. Um, but I feel like this sort of this movie, I feel like put him on the map as like a dude who could carry a carry a big budget yeah. movie like deliver you know as a as a leading man seeing it made me want to go back and watch blade the first blade movie i've never seen Dude, it you should we should watch that movie that movie fucks yeah <laughs> yeah it's good okay they got the new one coming at some point yeah i don't think i don't he he like intimated he would like to be involved but they're like yeah, nah. mahershala ali yeah. i think as blade it's gonna be sick great actor yeah he did a lot of action shit after yeah. Pastor 57. He also was the the foil to Stallone and Demolition Man. Yeah. It's a great movie. A Money Train I remember liking a lot with Woody Harrelson. Mm -hmm. Drop Zone. Never saw it, I don't think. I don't think I've seen it's that like, one. It might be another Die Hard knockoff, but it has right. to do with skydiving. And then, <laughs> Die Hard uh, while skydiving. Die Hard skydiving. in midair. <laughs> Die Hard in free fall. Um, and then uh, U.S. Marshals, like the, oh, yeah, the yeah. Fugitive sequel. I do remember that. That was good. But he did a lot good enough. Of, he starred in like he was the lead in Rising Sun yeah. oh, when they were yeah. doing all the all the Michael Crichton movies right after uh, Jurassic Park. That's right. And um, yeah, he just was doing a lot of work. Then he had the tax troubles. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't want to pay taxes. No one does. But, um, you, but you have to. <laughs> did time in jail, like two plus years in That's jail. Crazy. Hard time. Well, maybe not hard time. I think it was like a. Medium security, security yeah. with a lot of corporate bad guys and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but he's bounced back. He's been busy as hell. Yeah. He was in the uh, Coming to America sequel. I did not see it. Yeah. He I'm was not. like, he was good in that. He was in the Dolomite. Uh, that, that I remember. The one, he, he was, was excellent yeah, in the really, Eddie Murphy. Really Dolomite is my name. Awesome. Um, yeah. And he stays working. He was Ooh. in one of the Expendables movies, I think, after. I think part two. I can't two say for three. Certain. Definitely not the first one. Yeah. Um, who yeah, else is so, on, who else was involved in this? Uh, director's name is Kevin Hooks. Never heard of him, but I should have because he directed. Um, no, he was in Inner Space. He yeah, was like he was character. an actor. Yeah, he and he acted like he was almost a child actor. I think he was acting in stuff in the '60s. That's crazy. Yeah, he was in Inner Space. He was in the the TV show The White Shadow, mm -hmm. which I never watched with the like white basketball coach. Um, played the mayor in a TV show called He's the Mayor. I don't know anything about it, but I assume I assume he was the lead. Title's a little on the nose. <laughs> um, directed this, directed the movie Fled, which was like a jailhouse movie with a, a lesser Baldwin brother and Damon <laughs> Wayans, I think. Okay. I um, think I remember seeing that on IMDb. But he directed I was like, Black Dog with Swayze, which I've never seen. Oh, okay. I did. I saw the title and it sounded familiar, but I didn't click on it yeah i, think I, I, I haven't I seen either it. of those um lesser swayze role there's yeah. no such thing directed a lot of tv tons and tons and tons of tv going even, way back yeah. 21 jump street shit basically almost any show you could think of he's probably directed an episode at least an it. episode yeah i, I was, saw do you got a list no i just I, remember I jotted some down v yeah it was like a seminal sci-fi mm -hmm. series right i remember that um homicide Life on the Street, ER, NYPD Blue, Lost, 24, Monk. Yeah, Bones, he was busy. Castle, The Good Wife, X-Files, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's still directing. He's doing like episodes of This Is Us. That's um, cool. <laughs> so the dude, the man stays busy. We like to hear it. And 
he's a black dude, which I like respect that they got a black director to. I feel the same way to do this. It's awesome. In the early nineties. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. There wasn't a lot of like dudes in the game. There still aren't. Yeah. There's sad to say. Yeah. It's terrible. There's not, there definitely wasn't any diversity then. And no. there's probably just an inkling more now. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they went beyond just a black leading role. Right. To like put some diversity behind the camera as well. Oh, dude was also the executive producer of the show Prison Break, which oh. was a big hit. I never watched Everyone it. Everyone that I knew fucking ate shit over that show. They yeah, loved, they loved it. it. He directed a bunch of episodes of that as okay. well. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Famous. Um, story by Stuart Raffle and Dan Gordon. Screenplay yeah. by Gordon and David Lowry, I guess you pronounce Lowry, it. Lowry, I would think, um, yeah. Gordon was all over the place, man. He wrote Wyatt Earp, <laughs> Hurricane, Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. <laughs> he wrote Murder in the First, uh, Rambo, Last Blood. Yeah. He wrote the, He wrote a bunch of episodes of Highway to Heaven. Bigger. <laughs> no, that's cool. Land- Dearly Landis, Departed yeah. Michael Landon. Landon. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you, the dude Raffle, I never heard of, but he wrote and directed Mac and Me. Do you know that movie? <laughs> like Fuck the E.T. Yes. knockoff? I, I bring that movie up regularly because, and no one, only a couple of people that listen to this show regularly um, uh, <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. But there was this girl that I used to work with who is a, I mean, she looks like Mac, the alien. <laughs> so if you're out there, you know who you are. That's you know what I'm talking thing. about. No. She's also a terrible person. Does she have hair? Yeah. Okay. Just in the face, though. That's amazing. Yeah. You're going to have to show me but also, pictures after we're Mac done. Mac and Me was is a running gag that Paul Rudd uses yes. on, what, Conan? Co- it's Every on time Conan? he's on a show with Conan O'Brien, dating back you know, 20, 30 to years. To like the 90s. Yeah, he would come on and offer up a clip of whatever his, his thing was and then run the same <laughs> clip of Mac and Me. Like flying down the hill. The kid in a wheelchair, like yeah. out of control, rolling off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what how did that get in what there? a great gag <laughs> amazing yeah mac and me was one of the uh like the vhs tapes that we would get regularly at shit. the video store and rag that shit out i only have seen i think like the mst3k version it's so riff st- tracks it's version. so stupid it it's, is it's just et knockoff yes but worse <laughs> way i mean like light years worse oh yeah no imagine et with no budget at all <laughs> and just an incoherent plot yeah. like it was just yeah, yeah. it was bizarre um, and that the final writer, David Lowry, he had written Star Trek five, mm-hmm. which I didn't watch the old Shatner Star I, Trek I, stuff. I saw it probably, but don't have any recollection. He of wrote it. that nineties three Musketeers, the one mm-hmm. with like Charlie Sheen and Kiefer oh, yeah, Sutherland yeah, yeah. and stuff okay. like that. Um, and he wrote Money Train, another Snipes okay. movie. I did like Money Train. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about the music. The music and. I recognize the name, but I couldn't think of why. Um, the music was written by the legendary Stanley Clark. He was is a bass virtuoso, which really comes through in the score of this movie. Like upright bass, I'm like yeah. jazz bass, like everything oh, you hear is like jazz slap gu- bass, like a bass guitar. Yeah, bass guitar. Okay. So bass virtuoso. I'm sure he plays upright too, just given who all he's played with. But he's a four time Grammy winner. Tons of movie credits um, played uh-huh. with a laundry list of musical greats, including Aretha Franklin, Quincy Jones, some jazz legends, Stan Getz, Art Blakey, okay. one Stephen Wonder, Chaka Khan, The Police, and on and on and on and on and on. And then um, the music editing was Jamie Forrester, who worked on all of the Star Wars movies. Okay. Yeah. Do in in the music department, like um, just production management and in music department. Okay. <laughs> so awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Who's so, in this besides Wesley? Outside of Wesley, we got uh, the the villain played by an actor named Bruce Payne. Never heard of him. Yeah, I think this was definitely his pinnacle. There's nothing else on his resume that stood out. I think to he's me. super busy in the BB, like in UK, in the on the BBC, and um, as a theater actor, like okay. tons of theater credits. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he seemed very uh, Shakespearean. Yeah, it's it like is. we is um, Alan Rickman available? No. How about this guy? Is, <laughs> like what if? Yeah, totally. Um, Alex Datcher. With an actress, uh, she played the flight attendant, yeah, Marty. Marty. Um, she hasn't had a, also much of a career outside mm-hmm. of this. She'd done some TV, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Okay. Martin. She was in the Pauly Shore movie, Jury Duty. 
Okay. I saw. Yeah. She just was making it work for her in the 90s. Nice. Starred a young Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, one of her first movie roles. Yeah, very early for her. She blew up, of course, and had like a, had a great success around yeah. the Austin Powers Austin Powers franchise. and uh, Bedazzled was a personal favorite of mine yeah. with Brandon I, Fraser. I remember the movie oh, it's Choose so the good. Devil. Yeah, it's so good. Was it good? It's very good. I don't it, remember if it was good or not. Because I, I was a big Brendan Fraser fan. Like that in, was on heavy his, HBO rotation, yeah. right? I think that's where I saw it too. It's very, very, very good. Okay. It's very funny. I mean, it's not like good, good, but it's like enjoyable, you know. Um, also features a, a favorite of the podcast, Tom Sizemore. As one of the great greatest character names of all time, Sly Del Vecchio. How do you spell that? D-E-L Vecchio. I don't know how to spell his name. I love that shit. But yeah. he was, uh, we talked at length about him in Point Break. Yes. I've forgotten he was in Wyatt Earp, which oh, yeah? Dan Gordon, who wrote this, wrote that. He was in Heat. Natural Born Saving Killers. Saving Private Ryan. Striking Distance. Yeah, he's awesome, dude. Yeah. And... You know, versatile, but he always brings the goods. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He is. Yeah, he's. We'll talk more about him, but he's awesome. And then I loved this addition to the cast. Michael fucking horse. As, I'm sure you were delighted. Forty-eight. I was. You I was were like, delighted to see him. Yeah, so, so for those of you who don't know, we may have mentioned it already. I can't remember. I'm sleepy still because it's morning. Um, so this is this is a blind taste test for me. If I've seen this movie, I have no recollection, but it's good enough where I feel like I would have remembered it. So yeah. coming into this, I was delighted to see Michael Horse on the cast list as Forger. People will know him for his excellent decade-spanning portrayal as Deputy Tommy Hawk Hill of uh, the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department. Yeah. So I was yeah I was super excited to see that name on the credits. What I learned in researching for this is that dude is like a renowned artist. I did not as well. That. I want to buy, but some he does shit. like tribal art and jewelry and paintings, carvings. But his shit's been like displayed in the Smithsonian. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. It's so cool. Way to go, Michael Horse. Yeah, You're amazing a stuff. Damn national treasure. So yeah, as we mentioned, the movie clearly is some sort of a diehard knockoff, mm -hmm. like so many others that came out in the wake of uh, Die Hard. Or that great film. There was uh, I was just springing to mind was like Under Siege, Speed, Sudden Death, Cliffhanger. Uh, yep. Yeah, they were just, they were cranking Air Force out. One. Any movie where you have a good guy sort of trapped in a confined space with a bad, with a, a group of bad guys. Yeah, terrorists. Um, but it works. Yeah, That's it totally why works. I think, you know. That's the why they keep dragging it back out there. Roll yeah, that man. shit out there again. So I want to talk about this movie then. I guess we should. <laughs> Hit All it. Right. Uh, the last thing I'll mention before we dig in is how short this movie is. It, yeah, as we said, tightly packed, brisk little <laughs> little plot. It's from from the first frame to last frame is eighty four minutes. If you remove the credits, the opening credits and the closing credits, it's like seventy eight minutes long. This that's episode like, will be seventy eight minutes long. Yeah, that's barely. Uh, you can barely call that a, a feature film. Yeah, but you know, I dig it, man, because they kept it moving. Yep, I like that better. That than dragging on. Oh, and absolutely. On. Yeah, we don't need to see too much. So as mentioned, there's a there's an opening title sequence. Don't really get a lot of prolonged opening credits right. sequences in films anymore. It, we mentioned that this it's very similar to the opening credits of uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, like, and this one I feel like it's just like padding out the runtime. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the music, yeah, they they told Stanley we need some like '90s jazz fusion. So there's lots of synth and slap bass. Is that what? But is it synthesized, or do you think that's a real instrument? There's a lot of synth, like um, like synth pads, slap bass. Synth, no, the bass I think is you real. Think it's real. I think that's probably Stanley Clark. Okay. But the, all the synth stuff that you hear in the background is yeah, yeah. is somebody else playing a keyboard. It, it sounds like if you're having a hard time picturing it, it sounds like the, like the same instrumentation in that they use in Seinfeld. <laughs> like, <laughs> that type I of thought, shit. I thought it sounded a little bit John Carpenter-ish to me. Yes. I thought it also sounded maybe a little Faltermeyer-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also a little pornish. <laughs> it does. It's like porn soundtrack almost. Delicious. Um, yeah, I don't know, but the 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 credits they're showing these X-ray images of like items as they're passing like through keys, glasses, combs, TSA. Money. It looks like yeah, it looks like photo negative effect almost. Mm -hmm. um, I wondered like if that's what things really look like in an X-ray machine. 
back in that time. Yeah. It was interesting to me. It was normal shit, like you said. There was also a bunch of cassette tapes, which I thought was just a weird touch. I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it culminates on this ID for a British citizen named Charles Rain. So this happens as the title of the movie comes on screen. Which to me is misleading oh. because it makes me it makes it seem like whoever Rain is is Passenger Fifty Seven. That I could see that I could see definitely how that's the and how that would have worked just as well. Yeah, I, if, he's as pivotal of a character as he gets Snipes's a lot character. of fucking screen time. Yeah, this Rain guy. Well, clearly, this dude he's going to be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the camera pushes in like incredibly close on. Rain's eyeball. Yeah, on the ID. Like closer and closer. Then it sort of does this dissolve to a surgical light. So we see this guy, Charles Rain. He's like reclined in an operating room. Three nurses are preparing the room for surgery. This place doesn't seem as pristine as I imagine <laughs> as an a operating surgery. room would be. Yeah, agreed. Um, There's like no hairnets on the anyone. Like, I, I feel like everyone's wearing, like, you don't see any of them. They didn't have glasses on. Like yeah, the, the, well, the goggles. doctor performing the surgery would definitely be wearing, the, all of their hair would be covered. Yeah, I would think so. Especially right? for and the they usually wear, like, the clear sort of uh, protective goggle type thing. You just don't want anything, any bit of yourself dropping into, like, an open wound. No, well, cavity. or an open, like, face transplant. Which shit. is a, so, Whatever's yeah. happening here. It's weird. Yeah, the surgeon enters, holds up a mirror, asks Rain if he'd like one more look at his face before the procedure. I never live in the past. <laughs> Fucking shit. What? Okay. <laughs> this guy, Bruce Payne, is already playing the part with like such a relish, you know? He's like a straight... So I'm go- I'm replaying, I'm revisiting all of the Batman Arkham games for you video game nerds ah. out there right now. And am struck, restruck. By how fucking like sadistic, like Gotham per capita, more serial killers than any place <laughs> in any fictional universe. It's like, <sighs> Jesus Christ, Batman's dark as shit. This guy seems like a crazy ass Batman yeah. villain. He's just, clearly crazy. Right? I never live in the past. Just to wait. Yeah, his delivery. So, but yeah, we get the impression he's about to have like a plastic surgery. So the anesthesiologist, she goes to put rain under, but he refuses Say what now? <laughs> the doctor's like, I have to give you something for the pain. There will be no pain. When we cut what? your face off? This dude, this dude is clearly like doing a Hannibal Lecter, I feel like impersonation. Yeah. I mean, he looks like uh, Peter Green that played Red Foot. He also looks like, what's his, the dude's name you mentioned? Oh from, yeah, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I mean, he looks like Buffalo Bill from, uh, from uh, uh, Science of the Lambs. He has that look going. Um, the doctor just shrugs it off. Okay. And says to proceed. Nope. No surgeon would ever consider that. No. They'd be like, first of all, you'd be like, oh, you're a crazy person. Like, I don't, I'm not going to perform a surgery on a person who's, who needs a mental health check. Right. Like, there's, yeah. Anyway, but there's more, there's more at play here, I guess, that yeah. maybe makes some Agreed. of this Agreed. That's passable. definitely the vibe I got as well. So cut to aerial shot of downtown Orlando. Not a big movie locale, usually. (laughs) You don't hardly ever see movies with an Orlando setting. The only one that I could think of was um, Ernest Saves Christmas. Wasn't, um, was, where were they going in The Wizard? Were they going to California? To Universal Uh, Studios in California, or are they going to Universal Studios in Orlando? I can't remember. I think they were heading to California. I think think they must have been, too. What about... I'm, I'm going to be dead ass wrong on this, so I'll chop it out. But I recently started rewatching Flight of the Navigator. Oh, and that I, they're movies. somewhere they're, in Florida. I think they are. I think you're right. I don't know if it was Orlando. They're getting ready to remake that. Are they? Yeah. Like literally, you know yeah. this? I know that. I oh. know it for a fact. Okay. I'm going to re. I'm going to finish the other one because I was started watching and I was like, shit, this is good. Yeah. I, I hadn't watched it. That's in one of those years. movies that like makes me feel super, super nostalgic. Yeah. For, for whatever I reason. watched the hell out of that, but I haven't, that's one that I haven't seen in forever. There, yeah. There's a, like a lot of the message of that movie is heavy. I liked also it's cause they didn't really need to do it, but the kid sort of, you know, falls down and hits his head or whatever mm-hmm. in the woods and then wakes up later and comes back. And, but like, Years had passed. Right. Yeah. That shit was dope. Yeah. It was. That awesome. was like for. That's a lot for to ask kids to. There's a huge haunting element of that movie that it just it stays with you years and yeah. years later. Yeah. I remember being like 
struck heavily by it. So I will return and finish that. But back <laughs> to Passenger 57. Um, what? Fine. We've got a couple of SWAT team vans with a motorcycle escort rolling up. They're the most unofficial looking yeah. vehicles I've ever seen. They just it, SWAT. It just said SWAT on okay. the side. <laughs> didn't budget. say like Orlando Police Department or anything like that. Keep it simple. We didn't have enough paint. Or stick on letters. <laughs> we got to return these rentals <laughs> exactly. in a minute. Exactly. Um, but yeah, one pulls into this parking deck. Another continues on. Back in the operating room, we got the surgeon. He's got sweat dripping off his brow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's nervously checking the clock. Says 30 seconds until noon. Um, Rain is like eyeballing the surgeon suspiciously. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't any surgeon be nervous at the thought of like, oh. I'm about to slice this dude up with, and he's not put under. He's going to start moving and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> but something is clearly amiss. So uh, we got a couple of FBI guys. They're waiting on the top level of this parking deck when the SWAT van rolls up. SWAT guys, they pile out of the van. The lead FBI guy fills him in. He says Rain is on the third floor for plastic surgery. Yeah, he, he's super duper dangerous. I just like the third floor is the plastic surgery floor. No, it's not. <laughs> what would it be? Like there would be a surgery floor. Okay. I don't know that all do plastic surgery. Do some of these surgery. do like, in, like outpatient, like in a, I mean, Might, this is maybe. clearly a hospital, but I was wondering if some of these procedures are like done in a, just an office building. Well, if it's like liposuction, yeah, it could be done. It doesn't okay. need to be done at all. I up. guess if there's anesthesia, like you're being put fully under, you need to be near an ER. Right. Probably. Okay. But if it's just like a local anesthetic, something like that, then yeah, yeah, it can be done in strange places. <laughs> Back alleys. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. He also says that rain keeps changing his face and if they blow it, he'll be lost. So for a man that's undergone like several I know face what? transplants. There's not a lot of number one scar tissue. Is he going to several of like the best? He's like paying the best surgeons in the world. I don't know. Like, there's, what's the deal? Yeah. The guy is like, if we lose him, if we blow it, he'll be lost forever. Well, there's no logic to that. If he's been changing his face and you're on top of him right now, like it yeah. just doesn't make sense that he'd be lost forever, but okay. It gives us stakes. Yeah. Is what it does. Right. So now as back in the operating room, the surgeon is moving his scalpel towards Rain's face. That's not how any of this works. He didn't have any like, markings on his face. You don't just grab a, a, a scalpel and start slicing. Maybe if, if for a full face transplant. Do you think that's what's happening? Like he's taking the entire face off? Yeah. Fucking uh, John Woo style? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Okay. I'm under the impression he was just going to do I don't know he's what. He's going to like do a little, like take a little here, snip a little there, change the nose, change but normally, the lips. Even in yeah, face they, off, one of those, like, they do the little marker and they do... They don't just cut freehand. Maybe this guy is an artist. <laughs> Maybe that's why Rain is in Orlando. I don't know. Um, but Rain grabs the guy's hand. Okay. Another peril of performing without the patient unconscious. Right. Um, Rain asks him what time it is. The doctor says it's noon. Rain springs out of the chair and slashes the surgeon's throat with the scalpel. Okay. Uh, he dashes out of the room just as the SWAT team comes rushing in. The poor doctor's kind of thrashing on the floor. No one's helping him. <laughs> it's bizarre that Rain seemed to know something was happening. Yeah. Know something was fishy there. But he was content to just bide his time and sit in the chair until like the last moment. It's, yeah. I, I'm like, because it took so long for prep or because the doctor was just like, know. I don't, I don't the have second, any idea. Uh, but also the thing, I imagine the plan was right that the doctor's going to put him under and then the police would walk in and, and take him into custody while totally. he's unconscious. Right. So I don't see why they would come busting through with guns drawn if that if that was the plan. But maybe they saw through the window that maybe I don't know. Maybe they heard, you know, the commotion, the kerfuffle. It makes for a better cin- sure. action movie yeah. scene. Uh so Rain is running through these hospital halls. He reaches a bay of elevators. Then the second SWAT team comes pouring out of the Rain. elevators. Rain runs away as they open fire. In a hospital. Just shooting it up in the middle of a hospital. Right. Um, Thank God everyone's in a hospital, I guess. Rain, no hesitation, jumps out the third floor window through the glass. Yeah, so yeah, the two SWAT teams are like converging, and the dude just goes for broke. He's like, fuck it. He is like I'm fucking three Omar up. in the wire. Like, he just dove out. Is like there's no reason for him to think that wouldn't be the death of him. Right. Um, I don't also don't think I don't think that you could just run and jump through a window like that. I think those windows are set up to 
that that's impossible. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm saying I'm saying that glass that, and everything that, that glass is not going to give way if you just run and hit it with your elbows. Yeah, it would have made more sense had the the SWAT team sort of been shooting right and broken the glass, but that would have killed him. Yeah, end of well, movie. Man, they could have missed him and, and broken the window. He, I like, don't know. The stunt, it looks like whoever's taken that leap is falling from much higher than three stories. You think? Yeah, it, to me, it looks yeah. like it's like, looks like 10 stories up there or some shit. It's, it looks far. But he, like, he, lucky for him, he lands on top of a patio umbrella. A patio <laughs> umbrella then hits a table, and then a dude, like, whoever's sitting at the table, like, falls on top of him. Which still seems like it would fuck you up. If I make that fall, I'm not getting up from it. Nah. But he pops up and keeps running. Okay. It's like that action movie logic, the John Matrix logic. That's exactly what I thought, too. Where it's like, just don't even give the audience time to scrutinize this that this is not possible. And I was thinking broken legs. He's broken yeah. something. He, the dude's not even bleeding when he gets no, up. There's he's no running blood. Full speed. He's running faster than ever. <laughs> um, so police cars and officers, they close in on him. He's running through these crowded Orlando streets. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that first cop car plow into him? The cop car braked and he kind of put his hands on the hood and then yeah. went running like fucking run over him. Uh, it's like, and also, he's like, he's running and knocking into people and shoving people down. It'd be a lot faster just to not run into people. Yeah, the the body checking. I was like, God, he just he's hitting everyone. <laughs> he's got so much anger. So now he runs. Yeah, he runs into a police car and sort of tumbles over the hood. This is the moment. One of my favorites in the movie, the water delivery truck. What the fuck? With driving with all of its doors open for some reason skids out and dumps these bottles of water like the ones for a water cooler all over the street. Why was this made, thing driving with the side doors it open? It in no way made the scene look cooler with all the bottles crashing in water like sloshing over the street. It could only him. be done because they thought visually it's like a moment that... But you, first of all, yes, it didn't enhance anything. At all. And there's no re there's no circumstance ever where the guy would be driving with all of the hatches open. Like if he had maybe if he had stolen the water cooler truck while it was being unloaded or something like that, yeah. I could see it. But it just this it like they're like, we need something to happen. And someone said, what if we had a water cooler truck and it's just water bottles whenever we need something? Yeah, we need the, the equate like the equivalent of the truck hauling a load of watermelons that like tips over. I just, you know, I don't like get, I don't get it. And the it's water a, splashing over. I'm like, that doesn't look cool. It's like a half baked sort of scheme. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but anyway, rain is surrounded by mustachioed SWAT guys. <laughs> Everyone had a mustache. Oh, that's like that early nineties mustache. That's the look that my dad has like <laughs> locked in and continues to roll with Steve. Shout um, out Steve. So they take him, they put him in the police car, drive him off. End of movie. <laughs> Back on an airplane, we got passengers and flight attendants mingling around a cabin. Right. It's the roomiest airplane setting you've ever seen in your life. Just and this happens throughout this film. Like I'm like, where where are these are international flights. Yeah. All right. We got John Cutter, that's Wesley Snipes. He's checking out an attractive flight attendant. Marty Slayton. Marty Slayton, played by Alex Datcher. Now Cutter gets up out of his seat, he reaches into his pocket. Uh Pulls out a gun. Yeah, he like makes his way around to the left side of the plane, like across yeah. the huge center seating section, because it's one of those three, yeah, like two aisle yeah, things. Yeah, flew in one of those recently. It was not this roomy. Um, <laughs> Snipes has a great look. Yeah, he does. He just looks cool, like the cheekbones and everything. He looks like just a successful, he's a, like he's smooth, an attractive dude. man. Yeah, absolutely. So he he uh, prepares to ambush Marty, pounces on her, grabs her, and puts the gun to her head. What? Um, I'm so confused. Cutter says, everyone do what I say. No one's going to get hurt. Cutter tells Marty, we're going up to the flight deck. It's an apparent yeah, the hijacking. Keys. Yeah. Um, as he forces her towards the cockpit, she sort of kicks him in the shin, elbows him in the gut. Another passenger lunges out, grabs for his gun, and everyone starts cheering Victory. on the plane. Yeah. Camera pulls back to reveal this is like a, a training exercise being done on a stage. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a good misdirect. Explains yeah, also good. why the the there was so much headroom. Right. There's just no <laughs> ceiling. Um, but who are the people in these seats? Who are they? Are they I, training I think that, flight I think attendants? That, I think that they're other training flight attendants. Okay, it was there were people of like all ages. Like they were senior flight citizens. They weren't, they weren't children. Right. But I imagine if you're a, maybe you're, it's not for new hires. Maybe it's just like a once a year you have to go for a sure. training course or something. I don't know, but. 
I don't know what the people who were like in the back section of the plane would have learned, the ones who were in back in coach or whatever, who couldn't even see the shit that was happening. Right. The other thing that I thought was that it could be that they're actors and like they're just filming a training video to show to that's yeah to could be. people. That would explain the fact they were like people were screaming and things right. like in terror. You know, it'd just be weird for people to do that in a in a classroom setting or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So, but Cutter, he's angry. He tells the camera operator to turn that camera off. Uh, Sly Del Vecchio walks yeah, into the room. Tom that's Sizemore. Our, that's our character. Yeah, Sizemore. Love seeing him. So Cutter tells Marty, like, what, you were, know, you what were you thinking? She says she was improvising on his security techniques. She's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, she's got moxie. And she's being like very flirty, it seems, as well. And there are other people in the room giggle, but Cutter's not amused. He's like, yeah, that's, that's real cute. Then he's, a, he's like no nonsense yeah, guy, I guess. Very much. Uh, Cutter says if she had tried that for real, she'd have gotten her head blown off and endangered all the other passengers. This is weird. It's weird. She's like, I was just trying to save lives. I don't know about that. This is where it's unclear to me if, if this was a real training exercise or was this a scripted thing and she went off, she deviated from what she's supposed to I do. I think that probably they are supposed to, you have a list of things that you are told you're supposed and to do. And she went off the script. And she right? went off the script. Okay, but we don't, yeah, I don't know. But all right, given events since 9-11, yeah. um, training has probably changed. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's obey the hijackers Number anymore. one, she, so she said she had keys to the cockpit. I don't think anyone has keys to the cockpit anymore. Yeah. I think that that shit, like, that, those days are gone. And also, I think that if this happens now, they're like, take do everything you costs. can. Yeah, do take the, everything you can to stop it. For sure. It's also, I mean, you hear stories, but I don't think it's as easy as it probably was then to, like, smuggle a gun on board. Right. So if someone does have something, it's probably a small, like, blade-type right. weapon. Because um, they don't want to fucking blow out a window and cause the cabin, the cabin to depressurize. Cutter makes a bizarre Angie Dickinson reference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that in the 90s? Like, that's 30 years past her, like, heyday. Right. This is an odd reference to yeah. make. And I was Googling back through her her career to see, did she like famously play? Like she, was she one of these airport movies, you know, or something right. like a, and I, I couldn't She's find anything badass. that would make that a relevant reference more so than like, that's his go-to actress to reference Angie Dickinson. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, now he says the next time a man holds a gun to your head on a crowded plane, you follow instructions foreshadow much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Marty doesn't appreciate that. Like this public dressing down, she calls him a former security specialist. How does she know? Like, I'm not a former anything. He's <laughs> so weird. Okay. I mean, but truly, he's here doing security training. So at minimum, I feel like he's a current security yeah, agreed, specialist. Agreed. Uh, Del Vecchio steps in and dismisses class until next week. So I, I guess it is a class. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it'd be the same people week after week. I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. Um. But now they're off to, to resume their flight attendant careers or whatever with the wrong training. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> it's just weird. So Marty stares down Cutter. I, I think she was feeling his flow, though. Women remain like a mystery to me. Like, he's kind of <laughs> rude to her and mean, and she was into it. But I don't look like Wesley Snipes either. That's also true. <laughs> so Cutter, he's also, he doesn't seem happy to see Del Vecchio. He's not happy at all about anything he's like in a permanently bad mood it's yeah. kind of weird writing or a weird performance choice yeah because he doesn't come off as like a likable you know mclean was a grumpy guy but he was also likable yeah. he had jokes and you yeah. know they, they humanized him cutter comes off more like a robot yeah, just he's an just angry pissed. robot just pissed <laughs> now as uh del vecchio and cutter are walking out of the building Cutter says, he'd you know, I appreciate you getting me this job, but you have no right to interfere with my class. He just comes off as a prick almost. Yeah. Um, well, it's like when he first sees him, he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And Dovecchio says, oh, I'm fine, Cutter. How are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Dovecchio, he tells him, calm down. It's a training course. It's not the Secret Service. Right. It's also weird. <laughs> like, what's he saying? Like, it's just the pa it's just the, it's just the safety of our passengers. Don't take it so seriously. Okay. Odd. I feel like this is a pre 9/11 world though. Yeah, definitely um, is. You know, so Cutter is saying, you know, what this woman did was wrong. Delvecchio says, you know, you could have handled it without losing your cool. Then Delvecchio says that that Marty kind of reminds me of Lisa. This is clunky as fuck. 
He's like, Cutter instantly gets real defensive. That bitch don't look nothing like Lisa. Marty looks nothing like Lisa. I like Sizemore's just style. He's like, I didn't say she looked like her. I said she reminds me of her. Right. It's like just juicy backstory uh, Mm -hmm. teasing there. But that's not why Del Vecchio came here. Cutting to the chase. Basically, Cutter says, I'm not interested in coming back to work for the airline. So we get the impression he used to work there. Right. It's really never made clear exactly why he left that job. Yes. Um, but it seems like things have taken a worse for like a turn for the worse personally for him since he left. Given everything that has been described in this and what we get into with the flashback, it makes me think that he was working for the company. And then after the tragedy of Lisa's death, he quit and went and did something tougher, some like other security. Oh, you think? I think like the secret service burned out and washed out. The secret service former security specialist thing makes me think that he went like big corporate, or maybe even he, maybe he was in the secret service or something like that. Yeah. And then he and then he's quit again, and then you Let's know Del Vecchio hooked him up with his gig. Kind of work. Yeah, something like that. Like so. I, I found the, a draft of the script in which is referenced like that Del Vecchio and Cutter were in the Navy together. They were old military buddies. Nothing like old war buddies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What is that? The Rock? That is, no, that's uh, that's Sully. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing like old war buddies. That's right. <laughs> Fucking sleaze. Um, so I guess that's where he got his like machismo, his, mm-hmm. his commando type training. I don't know. But, um, Del Vecchio is saying, you know, teaching these security seminars can't be what you want to be doing. Cutter says he likes the job. Does he, though? Does you do like anything? He seems to hate it. Uh, I don't know. Del Vecchio says, you know, that the head of the airline has tasked me with hiring the best person to lead our new, our counterterrorism group. Okay. And that's why he wants Cutter for the job. So Cutter reiterates he's not interested. Tells Del Vecchio to drop it. Del Vecchio says, uh, I'll leave you alone if you take the job. It's... I don't know. They have good chemistry, though. I yeah, feel like they Snipes do. and Sizemore. Yeah, I feel like Sizemore's bringing that. He's he's somehow making Cutter almost likable, even though there's nothing ostensibly likable about him. Like what we're saying about Snipes's performance of this, it's I I never get the even though he's being an asshole to Del Vecchio. Yeah, you're right. I don't get the feeling that he's like a jerk. I think that he's just like it's not his complete and total personality to just be. A complete dickhead. He's just a serious guy, yeah. I think. Yeah. Especially, I guess, he takes this security shit very seriously. Right. Um, so, Sly says that Cutter's refusal is not about the job. It's about Lisa. Right. And he says, no one knows more better than I did about how much Lisa meant to you, but you got to stop blaming yourself. You got to get off the sideline. Get back in the game. Yeah, get back in the game. Uh-huh. Devecchio says, you know, I've set up a lunch the next day with the head of the airline that I hope you'll be there. Right. Hell of He's a gonna, talent from Sizemore. He gives good eyes, always. Yeah. Man, Delvecchio is going to look like an asshole if uh, Cutter doesn't show up. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and he promised the boss, you know, Cutter's going to be there. So they part ways. Now back uh, yeah, elsewhere. It, with Rain. He's being escorted through a prison. The inmates are chirping at him, remarking about how pretty he is. <laughs> right. I love the one line someone says like look at that pretty ass white girl what's her name <laughs> that was some funny shit um he gets placed in the cell with his attorney we know this because he calls him attorney phillips <laughs> which is not how anyone in the history of litigation has ever addressed their lawyer that's not a that's not a that's not a what do you call it, a prefix right no you don't say this is attorney johnson you're johnson esquire yeah or something if you're trying to be you and like you say, this is the lawyer. This is in the UK. He'd, he'd call him a barrister. Yeah, the, attorney <laughs> Phillips. No, that's not a thing that you, anyone has ever said to their lawyer. Oh my god! So the lawyer tells him you're being transported to Los Angeles. I'm not sure when. Okay. Rain tells the lawyer to notify his people as soon as he knows the details. They'll know what to do. They'll know what to do. So the lawyer's warning him that uh, California's got the death penalty. And the feds have a witness there that's going to testify that you're responsible for two airline bombings in the past year. Rain says, you know, I'm responsible for twice that amount. So four. Okay. Um, <laughs> the lawyer suggests that we should, you know, go for an insanity defense based on your childhood. That's a big mistake. Yeah, with this <laughs> motherfucker. Rain slams the lawyer's face down on the table. He fish hooks him. Uh, 
Never mention my childhood. There's lots of venom in the voice. Rain says, it's the nature of a man to confuse genius with insanity. Now, this is... Not sure what that has to do with anything. Okay. Uh, I love how melodramatic and over the top this shit is, though. Like a truck. Uh, <laughs> we get a Dutch tilt, which was a theme through this movie. That right. It's sort of... It's a trick where the camera just tilts at an angle. It's meant, I think, make the viewer feel like off balance or, yeah. uh, you know... And this guy is crazy. So he makes the lawyer repeat over and over. Charles Rain is not insane. No, he's Just a over to- over. totally normal guy. That's very sane behavior. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Cutter is meditating over an altar in a, like a cool loft apartment. There's a thunderstorm raging outside. The vibe and I dig the vibe in the apartment. Do you and like, I, I like that? that? I like the uh, like the camera movement in mm-hmm. to him as he's meditating. And he I appreciate was, he's meditating. He was on some new age shit. Yeah. in there he had There's like some his, incense burning. His incense. There was like a pyramid on his altar. Yeah, and his hands are all wrapped up like <laughs> yeah, like a. F- Fighter. Like a fighter. You got that weird, the Kenny G style sax. Yeah, there's, like there's, there's some, yeah, exactly. There's some soprano sax and bass duet happening during this part. That music was very of the moment, though, in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Um, now he flashes uh, back to himself and Lisa in a mini mart. Lisa's going to check out an armed robber burst in. Merry Christmas, motherfucker! <laughs> it's a Christmas movie, John. <laughs> well, this is a flashback. This is a flashback. Uh, uh, the flashback intercuts with Cutter. He's working on, like, punching bags and Wesley shit. Snipes had skills. Did it, it seemed almost self-taught, like, more than, like, a, you know, a, you see Van Damme, but but I still, he had, you know, he had moves, yeah. for sure. Um, that was a one-fit motherfucker, too, yeah, man. Yeah, he's jacked up. Yeah. So, now, in the flashback... Cutter pulls his gun out, points it at the robber who's taken Lisa Haas. So if he's got a gun, he's a cop then, right? Or he's just got a license to carry. I don't know where they're living. In Florida, everybody's, everyone and their mom's pecking around here. Like who? Farmers. Who else? Farmers' Farmers moms. moms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The robber tells Cutter, though, to drop his gun. I thought that robber was a hell of a good actor. Yeah, he was good. He was really like he was menacing as shit. Cutter reluctantly puts his gun down. We got Cutter telling Lisa everything's going to be okay. Definitely a mistake to let the robber know that you and Lisa are like together. Agreed. Um, Because they weren't even like, yeah, they were on opposite sides of the store when it all popped off. So the robber says, you know, you shouldn't have tried to stop me the first time. Shoots her in the head. So that dude's that dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> Runs out of there empty-handed. I didn't get the money or anything. See, before you were just gonna get charged with robbery, armed robbery. Oh, yeah. Now you're gonna be charged with murder. Murderer. Except Cutter grabs that gun and shoots and kills the dude before he can even like get away in his car. Um now we got Cutter, he's crying over Lisa's body. What have I done? Well, no, it's not that bad, he tells her. <laughs> her brain's like hanging I, out. I was say, one half of her head is gone, probably. Um, now, back in the present, we got an exhausted cutter. He's leaning against the wall on a rain-soaked window. It's a mood. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe, I'm thinking he went into a tailspin after this happened and sort of washed out of his job okay. with the airline and has been struggling since then. Maybe That's my read. traveling the world because given given the car, he drives a new Corvette. A sweet He lives in that fucking badass apartment. Loft. Um. Although Orlando was not like the hottest spot to live like how, at that time. How much does a top level, because we assume he's a top level security consultant making. I bet he's making the, six figures. So he probably, think. He, he probably had enough money to like travel the world and try to get Zen. Maybe that's where he like went to India and Maybe. like got all locked I looked it in. up. It's like today, the top individual earners in the physical security market make like $147,000 a year. Okay. Top cybersecurity guys are making like 30000 more than that. Um, okay. But it probably varies by so contracting th- company. I bet then back in the nine, 30 years ago, I bet it was actually like maybe it was a little less than 100 yeah. then. But making good money nonetheless. Now, I will say in the script, Lisa died in a in a different way. She died in like a plane bombing um, that he would like it was on their honeymoon or some shit. And like a bomb went off in the undercarriage of the plane and half the passengers died. But he survived or that something. That doesn't make any sense. Like made an emergency was able to land. I don't know. Ain't no, it's no. Weird. That's that's a bridge too far. I think I haven't finished reading the script yet, but presumably I think it was like a rain bombing or something okay. probably. Um, but yeah, I guess this this makes sense, except that it also makes, it would make more sense how serious he is about the work. Yeah. If he had had a personal loss in a 
airplane attack right. or something. But anyway, fade to Cutter is driving that red Corvette convertible down the road. Little red Corvette. Yeah, that Kenny G style music playing again. This didn't seem to be Orlando because he was like driving. It looked like right on the coast. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, he pulls up to this nice country club looking place, drops his car off with the valet. Uh, Cutter walks in, enters the dining room where he finds Del Vecchio and the head of the airline, Ramsey, yeah, played by Bruce, Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, so he's been in tons of shit in the past yeah. decade plus, including like all the new Star Trek movies as Pike. He was in iRobot, Capote, yada, yada, yada. So. That was one handsome man. Still is. Still is. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah lots of good credits through the years. Cutter's wearing this unflattering double-breasted suit, enormous lapels, sunglasses, indoors. It's hard to make a double-breasted suit look good. Anybody. So, so the guy Ramsey says, Mr. Dovecchio said, you might not be coming. And then Cutter says, well, Mr. Dovecchio was wrong. It's like, that's a okay. shitty way to start the interview process. Yeah, with I your think. friend just Throwing your there. friend under the bus also. Yeah. He's a fucking asshole. Fade two. Some time has passed. Cutter is breaking down airline hijacking statistics. Okay. 27 hijackings in the last three years. Almost every airline has had to deal with terrorism. That's an alarming alarmingly high number to me. No, I wonder if that was... That's a shit ton. I wonder if that was true in the day. I don't know. And it could also just be somebody got rowdy on a plane. I don't know if that means an actual successful hijacking. I would love to go back and see like if hijacking numbers were ever that high and if it was just like a get, a get rich quick scheme for these I feel fuckers. like in the 70s it was happening a lot. That's Which so could have been when the, the genesis of this yeah, script started. That's true. Who knows? But uh, he says, everyone except the Israelis, because the Israelis, they sniff out the terrorists before they ever let them get on the plane. Yeah, they've never been fucked with. Which is like, good idea. Why didn't we think of that? (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, There's a weird dissolve at this point where it seems like a large chunk of the scene has been axed out. Right. Uh, So we got got Ramsey asking what Del Vecchio thinks. Del Vecchio says, you know, I think Cutter's the best there is at this. Ramsey says, well, I'd like to fly you to Los Angeles for our meeting with the shareholders and introduce you as a new vice president. I presume like in charge of security or well, something like this. Um, Del Vecchio said earlier, you'd be in charge of our new counterterrorism group. So I wonder if he'd be like VP of like companies have VPs of health, safety and security. So sure. I wonder if he'd just be VP like under that, like, yeah, something know. like that. At any rate, it's a pretty incredible offer for a dude who seems to have like left the airline previously on not so great terms. Um, Cutter says he's, he seems to reluctantly accept the offer. Yeah. He 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 seems unhappy to be doing it. He hasn't been happy in years. No. (laughs) Anyway, that's our setup for the film. What? We hope you've enjoyed it. Time flies when you're having fun with Wesley Snipes. (laughs) Uh, So thanks for listening and we'll be back.